0: Hello, once again, welcome back. Welcome in Country Roads Confidential here at Earsports.com, part of the 24-7 Sports Network. Happy Wednesday to you. Such a thing is possible these days, but to add some sunshine, I welcome in Chris Anderson. How are we feeling? Better? Same? Different?
1: feel a little better. Uh, Got outside. It was a beautiful weekend and felt good to get outside, enjoy a little blow up pool, some sprinklers, a couple adult beverages, and sit on the porch and, and get some UV spotlight on my body. If
0: you, will. you know, it's cool. It's cute when you have the, the blow-up pool and the sprinklers and the adult beverages. I get weird looks when I do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I could imagine, especially with that beard you're growing right now. I imagine there's a lot of strange looks when you're sitting out by the pool like that.
0: I can't remember if I've said this here or not, but I have an iPad. I think we've been over all my technology problems in the past. Uh, Cured them mostly except for the occasional autocorrect that I just don't catch. And, for example, uh, student athlete, I don't know how I did this, but it somehow is correcting to student starlet all the time now, Mm -hmm. which is kind of cool. But uh, one of the functions I'm having a hard time with is you can type in your password, or if you feel so frisky, you can do the facial recognition. We're at the point now where it just does not catch my face anymore. <laughs> it does not recognize me, and I'm pretty sure it's going to have like an ink package that's going to explode on I me mean, because it thinks someone that stole my laptop, and <laughs> let's get him. It can't be him, and it actually is me. I just haven't shaved or done anything. Headband's still nice. Beard uh, Beard needs some attention here. Um, you have not had the the phasing back in of society where you can go and get a haircut yet, correct? No. I have. Um monday we were allowed to start doing that here i know a couple people who have and they said it was really weird good like waiting out in the parking lot and it's empty and no one felt like talking to you which is kind of a strange thing when you consider like barbershops and it's always awkward anyways, when someone isn't talking to you when they're cutting your hair but like i think they're kind of worried you now but like you think about movies or just like your experiences in a barbershop before it's a lot of talking and people goofing around having fun and not like that at all early return does not give me any interest to go uh to go back there but those are small things like sitting outside of a bar, like the fishbowl here in Morgantown is a pretty popular place to sit outside. Uh, haven't heard anything crazy there, but I don't know, barbershops and, and nail salons, stuff like that. I think that's going to be a while. Um, you have kids, you have a wife who works in, in the medical field. How reserved are you going to be when those dates do come for you?
1: Uh, I don't know. I, yeah, obviously I'm itching to get out. I want to go do things. Um, we've been out trails parks doing all sorts of things. And uh, I mean, a lot of times when we go on these trails, uh, we're getting, I mean, we try to keep distance, but it's still what four feet I don't know if we're getting the full six, but uh, I think early on, at least that first week or two, we'll probably just connect with our friends, people that we know that we trust that, you know, didn't go out and do all sorts of crazy stuff. And, um, kind of hang out with them and then go from there. I don't know if I'll be going and sweating on the gym and sharing weights with a hundred other people. I'd like to go to the gym, but um, that's one place that obviously uh, it's only as clean as the, the participants keep it uh, no matter how nice the gym might be. And uh, so I think that's somewhere I'd want to go, but I don't know if it's going to happen. God, I I hope, I hope pools are okay because I'd love to get out for a pool pool day, but We'll get out. We'll do things. Not gonna be afraid. Just kind of try to keep the distance. So, uh,
0: stay out of the James River.
1: <laughs> yes, I, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't do that in the best of times. Uh, <laughs> for most of the, most places,
0: Morgantown's a big lake city. Cheat Lake's really popular. Uh, Tiger Lake is about half an hour away in Grafton. There's some fun stuff you can do, and I think you could probably be okay there. But like launch ramps, I've seen are like physically closed for like the Mon River and for certain bodies of water and. I wonder what that's gonna be like. There, there's parts of there's parts of Cheat Lake where, on a good day, you might come home with the sniffles just because like people are so packed together and it's so crazy in like certain little coves that that's not gonna happen now. Just strange things. I just, like, keep looking back on and going, eh, I wonder what that's gonna be like or if that'll be like that again. And uh, don't know. Um, but hey, since last time we talked, we had some developments. Um, one, some feedback on our mysteries, um, and none of it from lawyers. So that was good. <laughs> Not that we are worried. Um, not that I gave it a second listen to make sure we didn't libel or slander anybody, which we didn't. Um, of course, we can't libel anybody because it's not written. But I got feedback from our quizzical Bob Huggins comment about um, what was eating him. Why was he so upset about the Oscar Shibway drafting scenario? And, and he wasn't mad at Shibway. He was just married, mad at the the people who tried to get in his ear a little bit. And... I was asked the names and the person who asked me that said, Oh yeah, those are the names. So we were right on that. And apparently what we said was, I don't ever want to say it's hundred percent accurate. And there's only so much context you can get from texts and emails back and forth. But it seemed like we nailed that one there too. And that, uh, all is all is well right now, but there are some undercurrents there that, um, you know, still waters run deep, right?
1: Yeah. Can you believe it? We got some right, Mike, we are back on top ready to go. And this will probably, what, what happened the last time we talked about how we got something right on the podcast? I think we missed out on the very next thing. So let's, let's hope that doesn't happen this time. But I, uh, <laughs> that, sorry, that one, this one, yeah, th- this is one, I think it was something, let's just say you know, I'd heard from several people, it's something that's been going on going for a long time. So, um it's not surprising to me that, that, that word got back to you that, yeah, it was, it was pretty spot on. And yeah, Bob Huggins was, was not happy.
0: No more courtside tickets, no more fish fry tickets. I said that in jest. And apparently that went over very well in, in the room that had the speakers that played that part of the podcast. So that was good. (laughs) Um, the other one, um, was, I don't know. I still think there's a possibility, but maybe not. Um, but the return of recruiting, perhaps who knows, um, Maybe not 12 o'clock in one second where the garage door opens and everybody's allowed to come to the red carpet or the gold-blue carpet event, I guess, and recruiting is back and you can have a, an official visit. That's probably a bad idea. Um, actually, I'm not going to say that. It's a great idea, but it's probably not a logical idea. But um, th- there there are some reasonable plans, contingencies, I think we would call them, where we keep talking about how maybe the finish line is getting closer. Maybe we're pulling it back toward us a little bit. Could get away too. I get that, but um, for trying to find reasons to be happy or optimistic, just getting that back is, is kind of a good thing. If they feel like the conditions are safe to at least entertain those thoughts, th- that has to happen before you actually do have those events, right?
1: Yeah, I think uh, you know, way early uh, January, February, we started getting word of an official visit weekend being that June thirteenth weekend. Uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, edge rusher Daryl Peterson, one of the top recruits on the board, mentioned that. He might actually visit Morgantown on June 7th. And and he said this while we were in the midst of this, uh, you know, in-person recruiting ban because of the coronavirus pandemic. And so him saying that, you know, that was obviously a new development for him. And I joked just like you did that, hey, get them on campus as fast as you can. Cause I bet if you get guys on campus, you're going to get commitments. Their kids are foaming at the mouth to, you know, commit somewhere. They're they're trying to, and it was said by ingest, and I got some feedback that maybe I'm not crazy. That maybe you're not crazy. Um, they won't go as far as the twelve oh one, but that uh, there are a lot of kids that are temporarily kind of hoping. You know, I don't even want to go so far as to say penciling in, but considering the visits on that first weekend, if they're allowed, obviously everybody's still in wait and see mode, but I think if you kind of, if, if they open things back up and guys are allowed to make those visits, all of a sudden that first weekend of June and into that second week could be one wild recruiting weekend for West Virginia with, you know, two months of dead period and no camps, all of a sudden it's going to be one of the craziest times on the recruiting trail for WVU that, that I can remember. And, and, and for the exact reasons that we were joking
0: about. When does this uh, dead period by the NCAA end for recruiting? Is it the end of May? Uh,
1: currently, I think it's, you know, set to go through the end of May.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, separately camps are end of June, correct? Or is there even cool. a date a date deadline on that? Is it just kind of a wiped out sequence of events there?
1: So West, I don't know if the NCAA has canceled them. I think it's school by school, or con, I guess maybe some conferences have stepped in. But for West Virginia, they have canceled through the end of June. So then, the no mention of July. Although I did take note that on the official WVU football camps website, the late July. Camp that is usually on there is suddenly gone. Uh, why that is? I have my guesses. I'm assuming it's because they're kind of keeping their options open in case the recruiting window changes. If they have more opportunities, what kind of camps can they have? How many they can they have? Um, so I think that's why that's gone. And I mentioned it to you before we got on here. There, it wasn't that long ago. I think it was. God, what was that three years ago? Four years ago? I'm trying to remember. I think it was three or four years ago that West Virginia held five camps in seven days, six camps in eight days, something like that. They instead of spreading it out so that it was one a week or a, a couple a weekend and then a Thursday and another weekend and stuff like that spread out over the whole month, they tried to cram it all into about a week and a week and a half. And it it didn't go over as well, but it is possible. I think they missed some opportunities to get some kids on campus. They wanted to try some new things out, but keeping it out of that week kind of limited options for a few few recruits. So they spread it back out after that, but it is possible. And as things stand now, there is still a full week of recruiting and in-person visits and camps, et cetera, allowed at the end of July. So I think they took it down from the website to kind of keep track on that and and, and keep some flexibility.
0: Significant, though, because if you're going to have a six-week runoff or runway, which Neil Brown is kind of rallying around right now, not because it's his idea, but because that's the intel he's kind of getting from you know his boss, who's the chair of the oversight committee, Shane Lyons, from the state that has a plan that kind of mirrors the NCAA. So those three sources of information. And he's kind of saying that you know the grapevine suggests a six-weeks if you gave six weeks preceding the first game of the season, it would start July 26 coincidence or potential.
1: Well, I think as it, as it was before this, uh, that week that was open would be July 25th to July 31st as it stands currently. Um, obviously they can will be here. camp.
0: Yeah. You'll be here. The conditions will be safe to have people here. Like I wonder, I mean, yeah, you might have to work really hard, but, you might be willing to at that point just to salvage as much as you can.
1: Man, that would like camp and, and camp, fall camp, prospect camp and fall camp at the same time would just absolutely blow my mind. I mean, I think that might be too much, but you never know. I, I, I wouldn't rule anything out. I, we've seen how important we've seen how important these summer camps are. Uh, like year after year after year but think back to last year and, and some of these guys you know they accepted the commitment from Garrett Green but he came up twice they wanted to see him throw and he wanted to show off his skills and work with the coaching staff David Vincent Okoli, not even an offer not even a rating not even on the board really just some track star from Maryland that hey we want to get a look at you let's see if you can play football too and looked amazing got an offer. And so Victor Wickstrom, the Swedish tight end that's currently in this class, West Virginia never even gets a peek at him if there's no summer camp. Uh, same goes for Jairo Favreau, the, uh who was with the same European group, uh, was a guy that was making the summer camp circuit with those guys, was supposed to go to Penn State. All these other places came down to West Virginia while wow, the coaches got an offer and on and on and on with these guys we've seen how important it is and that goes across both snaps it was the same way with with Dana Holgerson and his crew they loved summer camps and it's true you got to be able to work with guys you want to see what they look like physically you want to see how they work how they listen Um, and and it means so much more than just camp or so much more than just film excuse me Uh, so I could see them bending over backwards to try to squeeze it in somehow
0: well, that first week, there's going to be some acclimatization where you can't do a whole lot, maybe. And coaches have talked about how you might need a couple weeks just for strength and conditioning, or you know, weightlifting or running or whatever. It might be really light football, and it might be weight room stuff too. That that could give you some openings, so you're not going, you know, two full plates of football.
1: And this, you know, who's going to earn their money or or their not money? The the GAs mm. during this yeah. time, uh, not to rub in the the no pay stuff, but they are going to be because a lot of times they help out with camp and, and they get paid for the camp. So they're going to want to do the camp, but then you're going to have to make these decisions between the coachings, the coaches and the the GAs. Do you want the GAs to be working with the players, guys, they already know guys they can trust, or do you want these coaches, assistant coaches to take a look at these recruits for that one week, just for a couple practices and, um, and evaluate prospects for the future of the program as well. And, I, man, I, you got me thinking about this a lot now. Now I'm thinking about, I can, I can guarantee because we've seen this even when there wasn't other things going on that the better the prospects in the position group, the more involved that position coach is in camp.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I've seen in the past, you know, several years ago, I've seen where an assistant coach doesn't even bother with the most of the camp, is, is either doing some recruiting. Or or doing something else like he's recruiting somebody, talking to somebody else while a GA handles say running backs, and then and you know a week later there's two kids that are already have an offer and another kid that might get an offer, and boom that running backs coach is right in the middle of it, going through every drill, working side right on the sideline with those three kids. So I could see you know hey there's not a not a big target in this group today so. I got a GA working with it, uh, with that position group for this camp. And then the next camp you got, you know, whoever the position coach is right over there working with the kid that that's a big time target.
0: The, uh, the calendar, it sounds like is going to remain the same, which is maybe unfortunate because you had some ideas before. And I believe you even asked Brown about this, in one of his, his video conferences, but you know, could they shift things around to accommodate, um, a question from the NCAA Q&A um, at the conclusion of the temporary COVID-19 recruiting day period. Will recruiting calendars remain the same? Yes. Um, and then it says that the Division One Committee and Council may provide additional guidance with regards to future changes to recruiting calendars. That sounds like the summer is going to be the summer, but perhaps the fall and winter and spring could be different. How would that work?
1: I don't know how it would work because I think in the fall – Usually, it's kind of back to a an evaluate or not an evaluation period. Excuse me, evaluation period was when they go out and will be recruiting players, but that doesn't typically happen until after Thanksgiving and goes for several weeks right up until signing day or signing day week in December. Uh, how they you get you get excuse me you get a handful of days in the fall September October November during the season where you can go out and recruit guys and, and see them in person, evaluate them. And you get to pick what days those are and when the, which coaches go out and when, um, and then after Thanksgiving is the contact period. Would you go in and you can visit in home, see kids, etc. cetera. So I don't see where there's a whole lot of wiggle room. You already have September open for eval visits. You already have. And, and obviously during all of this time, during September, all the way through the week of signing day, these recruits can take official visits. So that's not going to change. Eval period is not going to change. Contact period is not going to change. I mean, or, or not going to get, excuse me, it might change, but not increasing um, possibilities here. So if there's going to be a change, it has to happen in July. It, like there's no other options for increasing unless you do August. August is a dead period, but if everybody's having their season, it, you know, chance their possibilities of getting out are, are limited on both sides because obviously the college teams will be handling their fall camp preseason practice and the high school teams will as well.
0: Friday, after we finished, probably closer to the close of business, which is infuriating but not surprising, the university says they plan to open for the fall semester with some, I don't know, some reasonable measures in place. Most sounds like classes online to keep the population low on campus, uh, personal protective equipment, testing, tracking, isolation. I had the audacity to think that that was actually good news. I'm, I'm tired of 40 degree days, to quote Stringer Bell. I wanted something a little bit better. Uh, that turned the temperature up a little bit, I guess, but uh, realistically it doesn't mean much, but it does mean that the answer is not no right now and everybody's told me no for so long that a maybe <laughs> that that was good news i guess but what does it actually mean right now nothing but it's not thunder strikes or thunder clouds and lightning strikes right
1: i'm with you i oh god, who was it? oh brian Rossillo on uh, his podcast the other day uh, he said it the best uh, the way i feel is that yeah i understand the situation but like I want to be hopeful and I don't want to be dragged for being optimistic and being hopeful. Like I don't want to be dragged through the mud just for being hopeful that, that good things might come, that this situation is going to get better. And, and I'm with you on that. And hopefully we can all be a little more optimistic about it. And that's one small step forward with schools like West Virginia coming out and saying they're expecting things um, not to be normal, but to, for, for students to be back on campus in the fall
0: yeah as long as people just blanking follow the rules, <laughs> they'll be fine. Let's go to the, the the topic that had our attention that I just I just kind of flippantly put in the in the message board because I saw it and I thought it was funny and it became a real thing uh, that grew to breaking down the footage, uh, digital interference, sign language, um, a very strange clarification from the governor himself. but Chris Anderson did Jim justice use an adverbial f-bomb during his press conference on monday
1: i have zero doubt about it i, I need to, I, I didn't get the update on what the uh sign language interpreter uh had signed but to me that was that was fluid that just came off the tongue like it was easy it it was meant and and that's hey i don't not gonna blame a man for dropping an f-bomb lord knows i've dropped a few not on this podcast thankfully but uh did we ever get word back on the sign language interpretation?
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course. Okay, <laughs> I, uh, I reached out to someone I know who signs, and I don't have it in front of me, but she said, yeah, this is easy. Um, to, to make that an adjective or an adverb, um, which is basically ending an in ing, so turning it from the noun or the verb or the whatever into an adjective or an adverb, um, you make a, an index middle finger V sign, with both your hands and then like tap them together, palm to palm parallel with the ground. Are you doing this right now?
1: I'm trying. I'm. Yeah. I...
0: Does it make sense? Let me see if I have it. So like you make your V's like peace signs, I guess, but probably okay. a better way. And then like make your hands both parallel with the ground, but like tap your right over your left or your left over your right.
1: Okay. And Did that... she do that? I'm going to have to go back well, no, no, watch isn't. Is an...
0: Oh, wow. This is the thing. Now, if you go back, you got to watch the film, Chris. Yeah. Got to watch the film. Um, maybe it looks like that she gets into it and then says, no, wait a second. I can't do what I heard. Um, and I think she might have called an audible and just went across. Um, there there are some much more deeper dives into this about other alternate um, signs for that. One is pretty graphic <laughs> that involves like uh, like circles and. The, like thumbs and everything. I don't want to. <laughs> now really you're going to
1: people... get, now you're going to get the lawyers involved, Mike. And this Here is comes the one to get the lawyers.
0: Um, and then like, the like there's a clear screenshot and I forget who did it. My apologies, but I think I'm pretty sure it's on our board where like, she's doing something similar to that. And like the look on her face is like, Oh, and quickly transitions. Um, I don't know. <laughs> uh, there's no closed captioning for that, unfortunately, but there was something that looked like it was a miss, but, um, yeah, you've never, you say you've said that word, I'll I admit to have saying that word. You know who's never said that word before? Yeah. Jim Justice. Oh, was that? He <laughs> He actually responded to this, I, I, this thing, I'm not even going to call it a controversy, but this this little blip on the radar and said that he would never say something like that, and further, he's never said anything like that. Proving once again that the cover-up is always worse than the crime, yes. because... I know infants who have said that word, never mind governors and extremely successful, powerful businessmen. Um, it, not that I think he's a liar or anything like that. It just that it would strike me very odd that many people um, with a functioning mouth have never said that word before. But no, it, to, to acquit himself, not only did he not say it there, he's never, ever said it, but – I feel bad that what was just like a nice deviation, something funny and, and, you know, point and laugh and say, Oh, well, you know, goofed up and said something. No, we had all of our theories, but it came into a, a defense of himself. And then some, some beatification where he's never said such a word in his life too. It's getting to us, Chris. It's all getting to us.
1: Yes, this is, this is fantastic. I'm glad we went down this road on this podcast right now. And to think I, we weren't sure we had anything to talk about. I, that, I think what happened
0: was, I think what happened was, and like you disagree, but like, I've read teleprompters before and I've read speeches before and so is he, obviously, but like, it's it's weird and you want to follow things as best as you can and when your eyes don't match up with your brain, you can trip and stumble and I wonder if he was supposed to say if they can follow and then he skipped the word can, started the word follow and then couldn't get the F out of his mouth. (laughs) That sounds weird. Uh, And then went right to the can and it just sounded like the profanity that we're talking about here. And he's meant to say can follow, but said blanking follow, because that's a combination of those two. I have too much time in my hands, but you think it was too fluid. This was something that he actually said, and this isn't a glitch. This isn't a misstumble or miss misspeaking. He just goofed up. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I, I think he just was talking and it just kind of came naturally, but I guess it just depends on if he says that a lot. And I don't know him, so I don't know if he says it a lot, but um, that just sounded exactly like somebody who was just exasperated from it all, and just said it.
0: Just had enough. You can imagine him and Clay Marsh and and you know some other people from the Senate or the the, the delegation just sitting around, and he's just scratching his head, going, "If they would just F and follow the rules, we'd be out of this." Yeah. <laughs> He just maybe slipped back into the, the boardroom setting, I guess. But, uh, yeah, uh, thankful for that on a, on a Monday. And I wonder how many more of these he gives. And because and, uh, he's been pretty consistent with his appearances and his plan. By the way, what do you think of the name West Virginia Strong, the comeback?
1: Uh I liked it even better when you put it on our board with West Virginia strong, the comeback, the update. Oh, I can't remember where I saw that, but the just the honest—I think it's the honest trailers, guys, where you just start adding on colons and different words and keep going. I love it.
0: It's like a Gary Scott movie or something like that. It's gonna have like a whole bunch of weird, too fast, too furious, West Virginia Tokyo drift or something like that. We're gonna go too far down if I continue to update these things here too. Um, yeah, so that was that was bizarre here too but it does make you i don't know like i said it kind of makes you wish that we were back into normal stuff which you have actually started to dive into by again but we're, we're kind of reaching closer to the finish line or maybe we're pulling the finish line toward us but actually getting into preseason publications and research and thereof uh your your elbows deep in that huh
1: yeah so every year actually usually in april i get uh, a request from Lindy's magazine to do like a preview on West Virginia, just a quick little, give us a, a projected starting lineup, a little rundown, of the offense, the defense, um, and a, and a couple different, uh, you know, a little preseason awards or guys to watch out for. And this, this year's a little bit later, obviously with everything going on, but it got me thinking, cause I don't know, I, I, I guess I hadn't started thinking about, previewing the season yet just because of everything we got going on and getting off on tangents as we do. Mm -hmm. But this one, there were some interesting things because I I had my answers. I had a couple spots where I got stuck. I went back, I looked at your depth chart because I did have to give, you know, a, a starting lineup projected starting lineup and looked at yours, saw where mine was different than yours. Thought I'd ask you a little bit about that. And um, a couple of the other ones. The one I put on the board was the top newcomer, which I spent probably more time on that than anything because and here's my sticking point, and then I'll, I'll throw it to you to answer it, is the top newcomer. Everybody knows that there's a couple guys in this 2020 class that I love that I really think are gonna be something special at West Virginia, but this is a preview for 2020. 2020 only. That's it. So a lot of those guys that I love in this 2020 class are guys that I think are going to be multi-year starters in 21, 22, 23, or 22, 23, 24. So I got stuck on that for a while going back and forth with a handful of different guys. I, I think I had like five different guys I considered at one point. So if you were tasked with this, would you hold that same criteria on it? And which way are you going?
0: So who's going to have the best 2020 season among the guys in the recruiting class?
1: All, all it says is quote top newcomer.
0: Okay. That's well, I think that's, that's the criteria then, right? Who's going to have the most important season there too? Well, I looked at this and I went down and I did something scientific here. So there, there are guys you can cross out automatically uh, because of this, their position, like Garrett green, and the offensive linemen. So you're talking uh, Chris Mayo, Zach Frazier, uh, tr- maybe not Therese Stewart, uh, Jordan White. Who's the other one? That's it, right? Because Gamble yeah. didn't qualify or isn't here yet. My bad. Um, so I crossed them out. Um, no offense to Quay Mays, Jairo, or Jaito, um, Sean Martin, Akeem Mesador, Trying to think of who else is there. And probably Charles Finley. I don't see them being on the field much at all either. So now we're getting thinner. And then you're thinking, all right, I haven't mentioned a guy like Eddie Watkins. I haven't mentioned Daryl Porter. I haven't mentioned Taurus Simmons. I haven't mentioned Linnell Carr. They might play. How much, how often, I don't know. But those aren't positions that I think they're going to get a ton of playing time or get a lot of activity at. So I would take them out. So now you're really at a small group here of like Devil Washington, Sam Brown, David Vincent Coli, Jackie Matthews and Reese Smith. So he narrowed it down quite a bit. Uh, I'm actually going to go against my gut. I think a is going to be a really good player. I just don't know where, or how much he's playing right away. Uh, Washington may play this year, but same as he and Brown, they might compete against each other. So I'm going to cross them out. Uh, that leaves him with Reese Smith and Jackie Matthews. I've kind of always been in the Matthews train. Like he's, he's been the best of what he does for many years in a row. So like he was the starting quarterback on his football team that went undefeated and won a state championship. And then he was an all American cornerback at the undefeated national champion. I think there's something to like to that right there, that he knows what to do and he's going to make plays and he's a player. I'm all aboard the Reese Smith bandwagon. Now I was slow. I was slow to get there. um, But watching things and going down rabbit holes and seeing the way that he mattered on offense and defense, just about every time he played, even when he was hurt, Um, those would be my picks on offense and defense. And man, if Smith ended up with like 600 yards and six touchdowns, would I be shocked? Eh, Maybe, but it maybe would make me feel like I was a whole lot smarter on May 6th than I probably felt at the time too. I just think that he's going to get a chance because he's different than some of those slot guys and he's used to it. Um, he's not a converted player. He's not a junior college guy who was a cornerback. It's a guy. It's something he's done at a pretty high level for a while. And the thing with Matthews is I just don't know where he's going to fit right away and how long it'll take him to kind of hit the ground running. But those would be my two picks. And I would probably think that Smith has a chance to really matter.
1: So he was in my, in my group, my top, my five, my top five, seven, 12 that I considered, whatever
0: it was. Did you post Uh, that on Twitter? No. Your final seven.
1: I I did not. Uh, I I couldn't find somebody to do a graphic for me. So I decided not to do it. Uh, I delayed my announcement, but. I hesitated on him, in part because wide receiver has so many guys back. Uh, seven of last year's top eight receivers um, at the at the wide receiver position, as far as receptions go, are back for 2020. So I thought that was a little jammed up. I thought, uh, obviously, enrolling early should be a help, but then spring football is canceled and the start of spring football, um, or. Maybe not the start of spring football, but during workouts and stuff, he was pretty limited because of the aforementioned injury, his ankle injury that kept him out of a couple games at the, end of the year. And he told me that, you know, when he was going to enroll, the coaching staff told him, you get here and we're going to basically spend the first month rehabbing you instead of, you know, you working out and doing things. You're going to get better. And that's where our focus is going to be when you get here. So that kind of slowed my role on him a little bit. But my my two that I'm really focused on, I haven't decided yet, I'll probably change my mind six more times, was Jackie Matthews and uh, David Vincent O'Coli. And I, I think right off the bat, I was like, man, I can't tell you how much I like this Vincent O 'Coley kid and how special he could be. But this fall, right away, not arriving until June at the best, August at the, you know, maybe worst, um depending on when they allow kids back on campus uh for football so it's i don't know it's a tough decision that's why that's why i threw it out there so i could uh let somebody else make the tough decision and make a good argument for me and i could uh you know copy that and send it in
0: just like that you picked my re smith apart like gina smith (laughs) <laughs> picked apart kansas <laughs> i'm glad i could set you up
1: like that i just set you up for that one that was
0: good so here, here's my issue i guess was with um smith and because i think he's going to be good and maybe 606 is too much but like that's i think that like if he became a starter right away and he had a really good performance he can go because again i don't he's not competing so much against like tj simmons and uh isaiah esdale it's pretty much him and winston right correct yeah What's the difference here? Wright's maybe faster, but they're about the same size, same height, same weight. Um, he's, I mean, Wright's faster, period. But is Smith able to come in and be better earlier? And or is Wright going to stand in Smith's way? I don't I don't think that there's some gap there that Smith can't overcome. Um, and again, like that that twitchy inside guy who can make catches and do something with it, um, that's kind of been missing that was missing last year. I just didn't have that safety valve, that guy who could sweep across the field and catch it. That type of guy wasn't healthy all the time um, or wasn't ready all the time. So if they can find that and add that to the offense, that's kind of like why I think that he does have a chance. But yeah, I, I'd, I'd agree that it's going to be a slow build for him. And he didn't, unfortunately, get the time he wanted. But like, I don't know. Why am I on his bandwagon all of a sudden? He's been <laughs> he's been committed to the class longer than anybody else. And it's just like all of a sudden I was like, oh, Reese Smith, tell me more.
1: Well... I was about to say maybe it was because in the summer, at least for me, and you were there with me getting your recruiting card. Um, he surprised, like, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. I, I was thinking slot receiver and just maybe not a super athletic guy, just thinking somebody that, that got open and was shifty a little bit and could could make all the catches. But he bounces, man. Like yeah. he when he was catching those balls at, at camp last summer – I mean, it, it, it was very, it was very spontaneous. It, it was quick. It was, it was powerful. And it, you could see him go from on the ground to high pointing a ball in a split second. And that's that kind of twitch and, and athleticism that you're really looking for at the next level. So I could see it. It's why he was in my top group. Um, but uh, like I said, I, I just was overwhelmed by how many guys are coming back and thought, I mean, you're right. I think it's if if we're sticking in a strict position by position basis, it's it's him and right for that one spot. Uh, You know, I forget which alphabet that receiver is, but. It's we've seen them go with only two receivers or uh, only three guys out there, so I could see where maybe he wouldn't get as much playing time. If if Neil Brown felt it was best to just go with a couple other receivers at a couple other spots
0: it's the h by the way yeah
1: <laughs> okay thank you uh which
0: not as important as the the well i guess they're all kind of important but that slot guy is so close to the ball that he's going to get a lot when he's bigger but you know relative to that position um i know you want to have a guy who's fast but like that guy is going to have to just be able to get open yeah i don't think your expectations for him to run past defenses or take the top off and he's going to catch the ball in traffic so if he runs like a four three eight that's cool but like just to be able to get open, to, to shift, to twitch, to bounce, like you said, and to to be able to get open and, and snare balls and, you know, maybe break attack on or maybe wiggle stuff. But that's a third and short guy. That's a screen pass guy who's going to, you know, move the chains or who's going to, you know, turn something small into something bigger, like long handoffs. If he's not as fast as Wright, I don't think that's that big of a deal. Now Wright's faster. Wright probably has a greater capacity to break plays, but... I don't know. Smith's defense told me a lot about him. You know, that number of interceptions, the fact that he tended to do something when he got the ball in his hands on defense, too. There's a lot to like there.
1: You ready for the next part of my question for you? Mm-hmm. If um, yeah, there's a couple of spots that I think potential problems, I'm not sure if we're going to disagree here. They, they asked for the primary strengths, potential problems. Potential problems, I said, Lost both cornerbacks, lost both tackles, no clear succession pa- plan on the offense at, on at tackle, and not a lot of experience at corner. Is there something else that you would have put there instead of those two things?
0: Still worried about linebacker depth. Okay. Um, bodies for sure, but that's kind of been the same that it's been some of the same bodies for a while. So, and then to to solve some issues there, you're kind of asking some new players to play maybe or maybe even some walk-ons to play. Um so that's that's concerning to me. You make a good point. The perimeter on offense and defense, that's where a lot of teams make hay. Um you know, without your tackles, um without corners, that could be difficult. And then similarly, you know, your bandit the spears okay. Um but your bandit on the edge, your spears okay, I guess, but you know, who's going to play that spot? Who's going to play will? Just I, there's some number issues there. But the others I would definitely agree with.
1: And the strengths. I, um, I again, I, I I feel like the answer was a little obvious, but I, I'm trying to I, I'm trying to think out of the box because I feel like I give the same answer for this every single time. So, tell me what yours is. The the primary strength of this team next year.
0: Ooh. So like the A one strength. Uh, I think that they have some playmaking ability in the past game.
1: Okay. You didn't go defensive line.
0: I'm okay, but I think that they I was gonna say like their their starting lineup on the defensive line would be okay. I'm not sure that's the strength of what they do. Um, I guess that is the strength. Eh, that's a good one. I think their starting defensive line would be good. Second string you can survive with a lot has to go right which means they're going to have to dip into their depth and they're going to really have to dip into their depth. But yeah, their star power, their, their top shelf, their first line of, on the defensive line, yeah, that that's how they're going to build their defense for sure.
1: Okay, so I gave two, and it's the same two, unfortunately. Because um, I said loaded at receiver. I think they got some some playmakers there. 90% of the catches, more than 90% of the catches back from last season. Um, and here's here's how I started the defensive line spot. And I want you to... Tell me if this is a, a too hot of a take, too cold of a take, or just right.
0: Uh, I'm rubbing my hands here together like the sign language lady.
1: On the other side of the ball, this may be the most talented defensive line WVU has had in a decade. I I, I go on past that, but let's let's cut it there.
0: I would break up chunks of that take and drop it in a drink at five o'clock. So That's how not hot it? that is. I, yeah, I think it's good. Okay. It, it, there is some competition for it. I'll say that. But you're talking. I'm thinking you might, you I'm might I'm have four NFL players. I'm thinking 2010,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. 2011, the Julian Miller, it, that group, like Absolutely. all the way back to then is what I'm talking about here.
0: Correct. That's where I would go. Okay. All right. There were some that had the, the defensive line that had Shaq Riddick and I believe. Trying to think of else on the defensive line. But no, forget it. In between, no, there's not one that's superior. There are ones that maybe rival it, but not one that's superior. But but like both stills are NFL players, perhaps next April. I think you can make an argument that if Pooler does very well, that he'll be a pick. Um Alston, I don't know, we'll see. But there's some good players there, and there's some depth guys that if they do, you know, if you get good production on the Quay Mays, like that should be interesting. I mean, that's a guy that maybe. Wasn't a priority right away, but I don't think that they're guessing on that because Jordan Leslie knows that area. So they probably got him and they like what they can do there. And then, you know, I I discounted the two freshmen, maybe Mesidor more so than um, uh, Martin. But Martin's kind of like a blue chip kind of guy, right? Why couldn't he matter the first year? And then we haven't even mentioned like a guy like Jefferson, too, who this is kind of like (laughs) – Maybe last year was like year zero for Jordan Jefferson and he grows into himself this year and he can really play it. Like you're talking, I don't know where he is in four years, but man, he's got the pedigree to be like a really good player. But yeah, why not? That's a, it's a good it's a good idea. It's a bad take.
1: This, this is what happens when we don't have sports. My my I feel like I got a hot take and and you're making ice cube jokes about it. This
0: is <laughs> this hurts. Let me let me stop you on receiver because we both agree on that too. Um they might have too many. If such a thing is possible, because like here are guys who can't or won't redshirt Simmons, James, Wright, Ryan, Jennings, Wheaton, Fields, Esdale. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Wakefield can't. I'm not sure we're going to include him in this because he's a walk on who hasn't really done a whole lot, but he's here for a reason. Smith, I don't think Smith is going to redshirt. Where do you put Washington and Brown? Is it an either or with them? Or is Brown the guy like, hey, if you can play, you'll play. you know, And if that means Ali Jennings catches seven balls this year, so be it, he should have done better in the offseason.
1: Yeah, I think he'll get him out there. I fully imagine that in some way or another, they'll, they'll both redshirt, whether that'll be the four-game rule at most. But I fully expect both of them to redshirt next year.
0: What's the difference between them? Is it just a matter of size and strength? Is Brown faster? Is Washington
1: Oh, I, Brown's, I to say- Brown's much shiftier. Sorry yeah. to cut you off. I think that's the big thing. I, when I saw Washington, I mean, he's legit. I think we got him listed 6'4", mm-hmm. 215. I'd say uh, he's pretty darn close to that, 6'3", 200-plus. He looks like a grown man, and he really ran fast. I don't have the times right in front of me, but his 40-yard his dashes were in the 4'5", 4, 4'6", 4, range, which is absurd for a man that size, especially in high school. Uh, Sam Brown is, I have not seen in person, but is rumored to have had the same speed. Uh, he's been clocked in similar times at Nike events. But one the big knock I had on Washington, and we saw it at those same camps, was West Virginia would, they would run, the coaches would ask the receivers to come to the sideline, and they line the receivers up on the line of scrimmage. The defensive backs about, was it 10, 15 yards down the field? The quarterback would throw a quick hit, right to the receiver at the line of scrimmage. And then he would have to make a move and he would have to make his move past the defensive back within a, a confined box. Like a coach would stand, there was the sideline and then the coach was in from the sideline about, I don't know, five, seven yards. Uh, they call it the cat and mouse drill and you got to get past that defensive back. And all they got to do is touch it, two hand touch and, and you're down. And guys like I, we didn't see Sam Brown, but there's guys I've seen in the past, like Winston, right? Like, um, Ollie Jennings that have that have come in and done that and just blown by guys all day, every day. It doesn't matter how small the box is. And that's not something Washington could do. He was getting, he, he doesn't have that side to side shiftiness and was getting downed by kids that will, you know, to be blunt about it, will never play college football at any level. Their high school, their career will end in high school. And that's not, that's not great, but, it's everything else that Washington has that makes him such an attractive wide receiver uh, for the program.
0: I'm logging into Robin Hood right now and selling all of my Washington stock. <laughs> that was I, not optimistic.
1: <laughs> nah, he is. I, I'm just saying he's. I there's. I he's going to be one of those guys that can is going to catch a lot of deep balls in this offense. He is going to be bigger. He's going to moss. Some defensive backs, yeah, uh, make some amazing catches in the end zone, but I just do not expect him to catch the quick hit, um, you know, and make a guy miss and then run down the field for 70 yards. Kevin Washington was like
0: that. Kevin Washington, Kevin White was like that too. He wasn't going to shake you, but if he put his hand in your face, you might fall. And if you tried to, if you had to catch him on a slant, you weren't pulling him down by his hips or his shoulders, you're going to have to take him down by his ankles and. Uh, he had a pretty good college career, made some money. So yeah. you, you could definitely make it work there, too. My apologies to the devil. I'll go back and cancel that transaction here. <laughs> um, I wonder if there's a player, if there's a receiver who would be, like, endangered by any one of those two. Like, I'm, I'm thinking right away, like, Wheaton. Wheaton sounds a lot like Washington. And is there such a gap between them that he can't do it? I don't know. Uh, Sean Ryan sounds maybe a little bit like Brown. Maybe Brown's faster, but, like, am just trying to think of comps on the team where, if these guys are good enough, then there's gonna be a target on somebody's back. That's probably the condition. Those two may be destined to redshirt, but if that's the case, it may have to do with the guys in front of them preserving their playing time. But if not, there's there's certainly one, two, three guys out there who could get past. Maybe with the offseason being shortened and the preseason being shortened. Who knows? You might not have enough time.
1: Yeah, I was I was curious about we we've talked about this impact on recruiting, on how they get ready. Do you, I, I think you might see more red shirts than than ever before, with because mm. of this? Just because that competition is not going to be there, they're not going to have as much time to kind of make up the ground on the incumbents, so to speak.
0: Counterpoint: You could you could vertical Brown, and he could contribute that way. And if he's able to just blow past nickelbacks or, or free safeties and catch a couple balls, that's that's not a useless trait to have. No, and you don't have to develop that in fifteen. Twenty six, whatever, how many practices they get in the preseason too? Like, hey, you're fast, go be fast. Hey, maybe,
1: yeah.
0: Oh. get a home run. Have we
1: hit? Have we hit an hour yet?
0: Some close? people are rooting for us too. <laughs> We're under though. All right. Are we uh, finished?
1: I, I think I am. I that was it. Uh, the other stuff. The other stuff I didn't need anybody else's opinion on. I already have bad opinions huh? about that, so I can I can keep that to myself for now.
0: But. I need to go key in a whole bunch of information from past recruiting classes for something that we'll come out with sometime soon that revisits the work that people did um, before they got on campus and then once they got on campus, too, which is going to be, I think, pretty revealing. You've seen a little bit of it, correct?
1: Yes. I think it would be interesting. Kind of exciting. Uh, And what? Do you you get Neil Brown this week? No. Next week? Next week. No.
0: Well, we're having dinner Saturday. (laughs) Uh, but I'm going to have to maybe cancel out. I'm not sure. I got to get in touch and let them know if that's going to work in my schedule or not.
1: All right. Well, I'll be having recruiting updates throughout the week. As everybody's seen, the coaches have been out with their virtual recruiting and it's resulted in a lot of new offers, a lot of new contacts. Um, So I got interviews coming up with several of those players uh, at one, basically one a day for the next handful of days. And I got updates at each position on the target board. I am working my way through the target list that we have in our 24-7 sports database, everybody on the network has access to it, and which is nice until it's not nice because then it kind of muddies up the waters from the West Virginia angle, uh, and i got to go in and organize it, and that is what I'm doing position by position for 2021, 22, and 23, and we'll be posting updates on those in the coming days.
0: I'm grading papers. hmm some pretty exciting final projects actually maybe i'll share some of them they're pretty good great one on casey leg actually the things i didn't know about him that was pretty cool um one of my students did um mentioned that revisiting recruiting classes with a bit of a different slant not not just like how they did before and how they if you re-rated them what they would be we kind of use different criteria to re-rate guys and then uh got my hands on a 36 page ncaa document about uh life under COVID-19 and there's a whole bunch of interesting recruiting stuff in there. One of them I bounced off to of you that you were very curious about. Um, I think we'll probably drop that on Thursday morning too. So, um, not a lot going on outside, but a lot going on once again within our website. Pretty cool. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So make sure you get out there and check it out. We have our usual $1 for the first month, 30% off for annual members. So hop in, check it out.
0: If you see a public figure swearing, get it on camera, send it to me. We will break it down like John Gruden in the bus. Yes. See if we can make it work. But that'll have to wait until next time, which means that's all for this time. I am Mike Casazza.
1: And I'm Chris Anderson.
0: We'll talk to you later.